All right, Shavu said, good morning. Let us, let us begin. So start by thanking our sponsor, our sponsors for the month of Av, Max, and Brenda. Lapkovsky in honor of the upcoming bar mitzvah of their son Yitzchak Meir, Dr. Riva Mitzner, commemoration of the first yard site of her father, Dr. Larry Schenk, Aryeh Ben Chaim, Jack Bennett in honor of Sergeant Omer Taviv, who was killed by a Hamas anti-tank missile on the Gaza border on May 12th, 2021. We hope that in the merit of our Tamatora, the Neshamas will have an Aliyah, the family in Nechama, the Bar Mitzvah, will be Matzliach. And to thank our Dafyomi sponsor for today, uh, Natan Leah Berry, in memory of Leah's father, Tzvi Sharazan, Eliezer Avram Tzvi, Ben Psach Yaleib, Zichon Levrach. We hope that in the merit of our Tamatora, the Nesham will have an Aliyah, and the family in Nechama. And with that, let us begin. So today's Daf is Yotes. So let's, just by way of introduction a little bit, Let's actually go back to Yud Chesamad Beis 18a, the Itmar, the Itmar, just to pick up on that case. Now, to reorient ourselves, or to remind ourselves just a bit. So remember, uh, the Gemara is currently focused on a Machlokes Abayi and Rava that took place on the bottom of Yud Chesamad Aleph. So remember again, in that Machlokes, we had the following situation. We have, I'll just quote to you, it's the last two lines of Yud Chesmodalath 18a, where the Gemara said as follows, Itmar So remember again, this is just this is from the, the, the end of Ahmed Aleph of yesterday's daf, which was, you're going ahead, we're dealing with our case of an Achsadra. So remember again, this was the situation of, if you could imagine, a Chatzar, a Chatzar that has... Um, each of the individual homes in the Chatzar has an overhang porch. That's called the Achsadra. You placed, you placed Schach on top of the Achsadra, right? So essentially, what you're going ahead is, you're utilizing the porch overhangs to go ahead and support your Schach. Now, remember again, the problem was in that case, remember again, what was the problem? What was the problem? There was more than Dalit Amis, more than Dalit Amis from the wall, ultimately again to the schach. Therefore again, therefore, you cannot use the top of the achsadra, or I should say, you cannot be machshir the achsadra while utilizing dofen akuma. Remember, dofen akuma only works if you have less than four amos of pasal schach in between the wall and the kasher schach. So we can't use dofen akuma. If you have pitzimin, if you have columns, and those columns are less than three tfachim from the one from the other, then you could utilize what? Lovud, right? Then it's a wall. Then you can utilize Lovud. But Allah Chalamaisa, okay, I'm sorry. But Allah Chalamaisa, again, we're dealing over here with the case where there are no Pitsimen. So the question is, is such a sukkah kasher or not? Rav said it's kasher. Abaye said it's puzzle. Um I'm sorry, just the opposite. Abaye said it's kasher. Rav said it's puzzle. Abaye said it's kasher. Why? Because Abaye was holding Pitikra Yoreid Visosin. So the way Abayi understood it was that essentially we look at the edge of the porch overhang, which is what we're calling the achsadra, and we view the edge of that as extending downwards and creating a wall, creating an enclosure. Okay, so we'll say, so now with that, the Gemara says as follows, the itmar, achsadra bebeka, we'll say, I'm assuming you did this in yesterday's daf already? 
I'm assuming you got to the end, right? You got to the end of the daf. So we'll, we'll just go back. We'll just go back a little bit, just to reorient ourselves for today's conversation. The itmar, last five lines. Yilches Amud Beis. The itmar, achsadra If you have an achsadra, so says, if you can imagine again, an achsadra. I don't know. The word that's often used is a, is a portico or a pergola. If you could just imagine, it's a roofed structure with no walls. I'm sorry. Yeah, good. A pergola. Good. So you have, you have, you have a roof. You have a roof. Right. But remember, again, a pergola usually has an open roof. Right, I think. No. Okay, whatever. A roofed structure. You have a roofed structure with no walls. And what happens? So we'll say, this is, this is a Hilcho Shabbos Shailah. So now, can I carry underneath that pergola or not? Rav says, you can carry underneath that entire pergola. Why? Because we view it as enclosed. We view it as enclosed. Now, how do you view it as enclosed? It has no walls. We view, about, say, again, we've seen this before. We, we saw this in Mesech Shabbos and Mesech Erevin. Essentially, what we view is the edge of the roof as extending downward. This is a halacha lemoshe misinai called pitikra yoreid v'sosim. Therefore, we view the entire area as if it is enclosed. And Shmuel says, No, we don't view the edges of the roof as if it extends downwards. Therefore, it's an unenclosed area. If it's an unenclosed area, then you can only carry within Dalit Amis of it in Shabbos. So the Gemara says as follows. Well, so what the Gemara is trying to do, you saw this in yesterday's Daffer, it's just Chazara. What the Gemara is trying to do is align the Machlokes Rav and Shmuel by Hilcho Shabbos with the Machlokes of Abaye and Rava in Sukkah. It's the Gemara wants to assume that it is the same exact Machlokes. To which the Gemara says, Aliba de Shmuel, Koli Amalo Pligi. So according to Shmuel, everyone will agree that Halachalamai says, same way Shmuel will say that you can't carry in this open walled Achsadra on Shabbos, you also can't utilize such a sukkah for sukkahs. And you can't see Pitikir of so same. To which the Gemara says, Keep Pligi. So where does the Machlokes occur? Top of your test, Keep Pligi. Aliba de Rav. The Machlokes comes up according to Rav, says the Gemara. How so? Abaye Kirav, so Abaye will go ahead and hold like Rav. So remember again, Abosai, Abaye holds that we will say, Pitikra Yorid Vesosim by the Achsadra. That if you have an overhang of a porch, Abaye says, we, and you put the Schach on top of that, remember, you can't use Dolphin Akuma over here. Why can't you use Dolphin Akuma? Why not? More than Dalaramas. Good. So Halachalamaisa, he'll hold Pitikra Yorid Vesosim. So Abaye, so Abaye will hold like Rav. Rav. And Rava Amar Lecha, Rava will say like this, Adkan Loka Amar Rav, Rav only allows you to do this by Hilcho Shabbos. Why? We'll say this is incredible. We'll say this is fascinating. So comes along Rava, and Rava will say, it's not fair to equate the Shita of Rav by Shabbos to Sukkah. And I'll tell you why. Here's the difference. Even if you subscribe to the notion of Pitik or Yorid Vesosim, we'll say this is incredible. Do you know when Pitik or Yorid Vesosim will apply? It applies when you're enclosing an area for which those Mechitzos were made. But you cannot utilize Pitik or Yorid Vesosim to enclose an area for which the Mechitzos were not made. What does that mean? So to contrast the two cases, what do you have in Shabbos? In Shabbos, you have, oh, you have a structure. You have a structure. 
And the structure doesn't have walls. It has a roof, but it doesn't have walls. Okay, so, so that's where we'll say, we'll view the edges of the roof as extending downwards and enclosing, and enclosing the area. Because those walls, so to speak, were made for that structure. Now remember again, I know it sounds strange. Why does it sound strange? There are no walls. There are no walls. What the Gemara is suggesting is that the halacha l'moshem yisina of p'tikar yard v'sosim means when you want to extend the roof walls down to enclose that particular area. You have a roofed area. P'tikar yard v'sosim means we view the edges of the roof as extending downwards and enclosing that self-same area. Bose, what's happening in Sukkah? What's happening in Sukkah? Remember again, you have porch overhangs is what we're calling it, for lack of a better term, right? You have, you have, you have roofs over the porch. So we'll say, then what do you do afterwards? That's step one. Step two, step two, you put schach on top of that. Step three, what do you want to do to make, because you can't use Dauphin Akuma, it's more than four amas away. So what do you want to do? You want to view the edges of the porch roof as extending downwards. There's only one problem, which is that porch roof is not made for the sukkah. What is the porch roof made for? The porch. So the Gemara is suggesting that P. Taker Yard of Association only works to enclose an area for which the rooftop itself was made to service. But to say P. Taker Yard of Association by a roof, to extend a roof down to enclose an area for which the roof was not made. Let me say a little bit clearer. P. Taker Yard of Association says, a roof could extend downwards to go ahead and create walls for the, for the intended roofed area, but not for the unintended roofed area. That's the halacha l'moshe misinai. So in Shabbos, in Shabbos, where I have a roofed area, I have a roofed area, it just doesn't have walls, P. Tikkir will enclose the roofed area. But in the case of Sukkah, in the case of Sukkah, where you're going ahead and you want to utilize an achsadra, you want to utilize the roof of the achsadra to now us to enclose the Sukkah, that's not what the roof is there for. The roof is there to function as the roofed part of a porch, not as the wall of the Sukkah. So the Gemara is suggesting you cannot utilize the Alakha Lamoshe Misina in that situation. They will say, this is, this is a riveting idea. It's a rivet, it, it, it's, it's just the first day, back, five minutes into this, you're have something riveting. It's incredible. We'll say, so again, as I want to point out, this is an incredible qualification in the Halacha Lamoshim Sinai. Because before we saw this Gemara, you would assume that if you hold particular of Sosim, then it doesn't, it doesn't matter the intended roofed area, unintended roofed area. Particular of Sosim essentially means is you could take the thickness of the roof, extend it downward, and create a halachic wall. Now what the Gemara is suggesting is that only applies to the intended roofed area, not to the unintended roofed area. The nafkamina case will be the case of where you put sukkah, uh, schach, excuse me, on top of the achsadra, and you want to enclose the sukkah by extending the edge of the roof of the achsadra. The only problem is the sukkah is not the intended roofed area. To which the Gemara goes right to So let's analyze this a little bit more. So Tanan, Bechin Chatzraim Ukefas Achsadra. So the Gemara says, so too if you have a Chatzar that is surrounded by an Achsadra. So I'll say this is the case in the Mishnah. So I have a Chatzar ultimately again that has roofed porches 
I want to put some schach on top of that roofed porch. On top of that roofed porch. And I make a sukkah. So va'amai, why should it be problematic? Nema pitik Why don't I say that the edge of the porch roof extends down and forms a wall for the sukkah? This is incredible. If you want to look in the pictures, so this is picture 121. In the PDF I sent out yesterday. So picture 121. Actually, this, you know, this, uh, this safer, I have pictures in the back of my Gemara. Unfortunately, they don't align. It happens to be, I think the pictures in the back of my Gemara are better than these pictures. It's not, a, it's, not a, it's not a competition. I'm just saying. And, but, uh, so you can see over here, I'm going to try to take some better pictures of the ones I have. But you can see 121. This is incredible as well. means as this. When you think about, just think about it just a moment, when you think about the case of putting schach on top of the porch roof, how do you envision it? Where are you putting the schach? Where are you putting the schach? On top. The Gemara is suggesting over here that the case you're dealing with, and you can, I think you can see it in the picture, is where you're essentially putting the schach flush with the porch roof. So this is another incredible qualification. The Gemara is suggesting that when do we say only where there is an observable and visible roof thickness. But... When the roof thickness essentially is flush with the schach, you cannot say p'tikar yard v'sosim. We will say just the logic behind that is, when do we say that the thickness of the, of the roof is halachically viewed as extending down and creating a wall? When? When you can see the thickness of the roof. But when the thickness of the roof is not visible, because in this case, again, the schach is flush with it, we don't say Peter Kerebus. Another, another incredible qualification of this halacha. So the Gemara goes weiter. That was, that was, Besura Masni Lahashmaita. So the Gemara says, Besura Masni Lahashmaita Baha'i Lishna. In Surah, so they quoted this halacha in the way we just quoted it before, but Pompadisa, Masni, they quoted as follows. If you put schach on top of an achsadra, a porch roof that does not have pitsimin, pitsimin are boards or columns, psula. Everyone agrees that it's possible. Yeshla pitsimin. What if it has columns? Abayu amrak shera. Abayu will say that it's kosher. The sukkah is kosher. Rava amrak psula. Rava will say that it's possible. Abayu amrak shera. Abayu will say that it's kosher. Why? Amrina and lavod. Because we'll say, we'll say, remember, we're obviously dealing with, dealing with a case where the columns are less than three tefachim away from each other. Therefore, we'll say, Lavod, Rava Amar Psula, Lo Aminan Lavod. Rava will say that it's possible. Ultimately, again, because we don't say Lavod, the Hilchasa, Kilish Nakama. And I'll say, the Gemara says, we choose to adopt the first version of this Machlokas. The, the version they had in Surah, which we'll say, means as follows that the Machlokas Abayin Rava is not about Lavod. Everyone agrees with Lavod. Everyone agrees with Lavod. The Machlokas was about pi tikra yored visosim. And I will say, the Machlokas is a very nuanced Machlokas in pi tikra visosim. Remember, everyone will adopt the principle of pi tikra yored visosim. What's the Machlokas over here? Do you say pi tikra yored visosim for the unintended roofed area or not? That's this case. That's what's fascinating about this. I want to utilize, remember again, I'm utilizing the porch roof. And what I want to do is to create a kasher sukkah, I want to view the edge of the porch roof as extending down and creating a halachic wall, thereby enclosing my sukkah. 
There's only one issue, which is, again, the classic case of Petigar Vizosi means extending the roof to create an enclosure for the roofed area. Can you go ahead and say Petigar Vizosi for the unintended roofed area, in this case, which is your sukkah? That's the machlokes. To which the Gemara goes weiter. Good. Ravashi, Ravashi, one time, one time found Rav Kahana, who made a sukkah, utilizing the roof of the porch, and there were no columns. There were no columns. I think there was a, there might have been a picture of this, or maybe not. Yeah, so this is picture 122. Again, you don't, you don't really need a picture for this. This is just uh, this is the same case. So he found them making a sukkah, utilizing the, utilizing the, roof, utilizing the roof of the porch without, without pillars. Amar leh, lo sarva So ultimately, Ravashi says to Jeff Kahana, don't you hold of what Rava said, that it's only kasher if it has columns, but if it doesn't have columns, doesn't have pillars, it's possible. This is very interesting about saying. This is fascinating. So interestingly enough, so Rav Kahana showed Ravashi, this sukkah actually had a third wall. This sukkah had a third wall. We're going to say the halacha we pass in by sukkah. How many walls does a sukkah need? How many walls? Two walls. But remember, three walls, I should say. Three walls, but the third one only has to be what? A tefach. So interestingly enough, what happened in this case is Rav Kana said to Ravashi, calm down, there's a third wall. I'm not relying on particular Vesosim, there is a third wall. But it was a very small third wall, and not only that, Rav Osai, but it was either one of these two cases. It was either Nira Bifnim Veshava Mibachotz, a wall that could be seen from the, outs, from the inside of the sukkah. If you were standing inside, you would have seen the tefach, but when you're looking at the sukkah from outside, that little tefach wall is flush with the other wall, so it looks like a sukkah that only has two walls. Or inami nira mi bachutz v'shava mi b'fnim. Now, say this case is a bit more of a chiddush. Nira mi bachutz and shava mi b'fnim. say means as follows: If you can imagine, you have a three-wall sukkah. You have two walls, two regular walls, both per- right perpendicular, and then you have the third tefach wall. say but imagine the third tefach wall does not extend into the sukkah. Instead, what happens? It extends out of the sukkah. That's called nira mibachot. You could see that third tefach wall from the outside, but if you were standing inside of the sukkah, it would look like what? It would look like what? Just two walls. You could see, I believe, that there's a picture of this as well. Yes, so this is pictures 123 and 124. This is picture 125. That if you have, remember again, you have a lechi. So remember, we know this halacha. You have a mavoi, which is an alleyway. The halacha is, in order to be able to carry in the alleyway, you need a lechi or a korah. So remember, so what happens if you place your lechi flush with the wall of the mavoi on the outside, which means you can't see that lechi from inside the mavoi. Interestingly enough, you can only see it from outside. So that works. So something very interesting comes out over here. So essentially, what happens is Rav Ashi sees Rav Kahana he thinks Rav Kahana is sitting in a two-walled sukkah, and that Rav Kahana 
is utilizing the P-Tikra Yorid Vesosim of the roof of the porch in order to create this third wall. To which Ravashi says, Rav Kana, hey, what's going on over here? That's not how how you are lying on it. To which Ravashi responds, no, I have a third wall, but you don't see it. Either because, either because it was a case of Nira mi bifim and Shava mi bachotz, and Ravashi was standing outside, or it was a case of Nira mi bachotz and Shava mi bifnim, and Ravashi was standing inside. Both say an incredible Musar Haskil. Just because you think you see something does not mean it's true. That how often in life do we, ju- do we rush to judgment about people and about circumstances because we think that we've seen all there is to see. We think we've taken in all there is to take in. I think I have all the information. I have all the facts. In reality, I don't. I don't. This happens even to great people like Ravashi. Hydrofkana <laughs> says, there's a wall. You just didn't see it. You just didn't see it. So we'll say that, that, that concludes the sugi here. We'll say what I want to point out is when it comes, because this is very important, we, here in lies, this sugi highlights one of the fundamental distinctions between lavud and pitikir v'sosim. We'll say, so what do I mean by that? The halacha by lavud is if you have, let's say again, taking from this case over here of columns, if you have columns that are less than three tfachim apart from each other, what's the status of that wall of columns? It's a wall. It doesn't matter if the columns were made to service here or to service there. Lovud creates a wall. That, that's what it does. And once a wall is a wall is a wall. We don't care. Was the wall for the porch? Was the wall for the sukkah? Was the wall for Luvin? Was the wall for Shimon? Lovud creates a de facto reality. That things that are less than three tfachim away from each other, comes less than three tfachim away from each other, halacha are a solid wall. P, we, but we do adopt the nuanced distinction by Pitikra Yard Vesosim. That Talacha Lamaisa of Pitikra Vesosim, which means we can view the thickness of the roof as extending down, creating a wall that only works when for the intended roofed area. This is incredibly important. That is Halacha Lamaisa. Only for the intended roofed area. So this here lies the distinction between Shabbos, the case of Shabbos that we saw, and the case of Sukkah. So what was the case of Shabbos? I have an achsadra. I have a pergola. I have a roofed pergola. And now, but no walls. Can I carry underneath it on Shabbos? Can I carry underneath it on Shabbos? So again, Rav Paskin's the answer is yes. Why? Why? What do I hold? Ticker yard the same. Why? Whack it up ticker the same. Why? Why? Because again, I'm utilizing, I'm extending the roof to create walls for the intended roofed area. But I will say, let's jump to sukkah for just a moment. You want to build your sukkah, right? I'm going to put my schach. I, I, I have, a, I have a, let's say a couple of homes. Each has a roofed porch area. I want to put the schach on top of the roof, right? The, the porch roofs. And I want to utilize particularly the same of the, of the porch roofs to extend downwards and create the walls of my sukkah. Will that work? Will that? No. Why? Because we'll say, remember again, the, the only way that we can say particular visosim for the porch roofs is to enclose the areas underneath the porch roof. But particular yard visosim will not work to enclose the unintended roofed area. A very important nuanced distinction in this halacha. Incredible. Let's go right there. Says the Gimartana, Psal Hayotzi, Nenasukha, Nidom, Kisukha. Interesting case. Let's say you have schach. 
you have schach that extends out of a sukkah, so it's it, it has the din of a sukkah. Okay, what does that mean? My psal yotzim in a sukkah. Amr ula, excuse me. Kanama yotzim lachorei sukkah. What it means as follows. Imagine for a moment, by the way, you could look at picture 126. We're not, we're not up fully to this picture, but, but I'll begin to give you a little bit of an illustration. What say if you could imagine the following. Let's say your schach extends off the back of your sukkah. So I have long schach. It extends off the back of my sukkah. So now what the Gemara is suggesting is the, that area of the schach extension counts as a kosher sukkah as well. I, the Gimara says, okay, but but it's not enough to have schach, I need three walls also. So if I just have a schach overhang on the back of my sukkah, how can that be treated as a bona fide sukkah if I don't have three walls? No, 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 it means you have three walls also. So this is interesting. So this is, uh, so this is if you look at picture 126, essentially, you kind of have two sukkahs over here. You have your regular sukkah, but it happens to be that your walls and your schach extend off the back of the primary sukkah as well. So the Gemara says, I have inon silasa miruba mechamosa. I but you need the schach to provide more shade than sun. Bidika, it has all those things. To which the Gemara says, okay. So what's the chiddush? What's the chiddush over here? So essentially, I have two sukkahs. I don't understand. Like, what? What? What are you teaching me? What's the very interesting? So I'll say it's an interesting havamina. I might have thought that because the walls and the schach were were made for interior use and not for this exterior use. Halacha lamaisa shouldn't be kosher. Kamashmolan, that's not the case. They'll say an, an interesting havamina. They'll say now, what, what, what exactly is this havamina? Remember, again, we'll say we've seen already that by sukkah there is this element of lishma, of lishma. Now, lishma could just mean the shame cell, right? For the sake of providing shade, it doesn't necessarily. Remember, you do need kavana for sukkah, but you only need kavana for sukkah when, when. That's first night of Yom Tiv. In the actual construction of the sukkah, all I need is to create a structure for the purpose ultimately of providing shade. Or, or the shame sukkah that was, uh, we, saw the, we saw the discussion about sukkah yishana beforehand. So I might have thought that a sukkah that is primarily made for its interior use, but happens to have this overhang, both of schach and of walls, perhaps that exterior area should not be good. Kamash malan that is kosher. Good. Rabbi of Rav Yosef, Amin Tarvayu. So Rabbi say Rabbi of Yosef have a different understanding. They understand what's the case of Yehacha. Bekanim hayotzim lifnim in asuka umashcha vaazla chada dolfen bahadayu. So Rabbi say listen to this. Rabbi and Rav Yosef have a different version. This is picture one twenty seven. In their version of Yosef, what the Gemara is actually coming teaching is as follows. See, look, look at this. This is actually here. The picture is very helpful. One twenty seven. You have a good kosher three wall sukkah. But interestingly enough, on the third wall area, where the third wall in this case is shorter than the other two walls, your schach extends out. See, see that dotted line over there? The dotted line, the dotted yellow lines? Well, say, there you have an entire area of sukkah that doesn't have a wall. It's an interesting, so the Gemara says, so the Gemara I might have thought that that yellow dotted area is not called the kosher sukkah, because at the end of the day, it's missing a wall. Kamash Malon, it is. 
Rebbe said, isn't, isn't that fascinating? By the way, that is halacha lemaisa. That is halacha lemaisa. That that open area is still considered to be sukkah. Sukkah. Because we'll say, it makes a lot of sense. Why does it make sense? Because halacha lemaisa, essentially, it's not such a chiddish. Once you have that third wall, that all, you're, all is required to be is what? Is one tefach. Halachically, we view that third wall as what? As essentially being a solid wall. In other words, it doesn't have to be a full wall. Once it doesn't have to be a full wall, then it's obvious that anything along that wall is going to be a kosher sukkah as well. So this is, and I will say, this is really, really quite fascinating over here. So halacha lavaisa, that sukkah will be kosher as well. Good. Rabba barbar chana amra biyochana lo nitzcha elalu sukkah sheruba tzilasa, I'm sorry, sheruba tzilasa, sorry, sheruba tzilasa miruba mechamasa, What's the case? It's a case of a sukkah where the majority of the sukkah, the schach provides more shade than sun, but part of the sukkah provides more sun than shade. So this is picture 128. Picture 128. So the Gemara says, so what, what, so what would I have but this is actually quite interesting. You might have thought that the part of the sukkah where there's a little less schach, where the schach is you might have thought that that part of the sukkah ultimately again is not kosher. That it is. Umay yotze, what does it mean when it says yotze? Yotze mehechshar sukkah, that even though there's a part of the sukkah where the schach allows in more sun than shade, you might have thought that that part of the sukkah ultimately, again, you can't really be yotze with that part of the sukkah. Kamash malon, you can. Kamash malon, you can. They both say, now, again, we're going to discuss that case in, in greater depth for in, in, in coming, coming dapim, but I will say, but interestingly enough, what the Gemara is suggesting over here is essentially once the majority of the sukkah is clearly kosher, it, it's machshir the entire sukkah. It's machshir the entire sukkah. Because we'll say the truth is, very often in a sukkah, it happens where you have a pocket here or a pocket there of schach that allows in more sun than shade. What the Gemara is suggesting is as long as the majority of the sukkah is created in a kosher fashion, then halacha lamaisa, the sukkah is kosher. Even if you're sitting underneath a part of the schach that allows in more sun than shade. Rabbi Oshia Amar lo nitzcha al schach pasal, pachos mishlosha b'sukkah kitano. Rabbi Oshia says, there's another difference. The other difference is, could be, in a case of a, in a case of schach pasal, less than shlosha. So we'll say in this case over here, so this is picture 129. Picture 129. So what do I have over here? I have a regular sukkah, but I have less than three tfachim of schach pasal. Less than three, again, in one area. So we'll say, what's ta'loch? And we'll say, remember again, what's the status of schach pasal less than three tfachim? Status of less than three tfachim? Nothing. Right? We'll say, anything less than three tfachim is considered to be like what? It doesn't exist. Right, it doesn't exist. So now watch this. The Gemara says, "Umay yotze, yotze mitorah sukkah, maskef arvoshia lo yehe ela avir va'avir pachos mishlosha tefachem besukkah kitana mi pasul." So we'll say at the end of the day, but again, having less than three tefachem of schach pasul, should that be any different than airspace? 
Right? What happens if you just had airspace? And we'll say, if you have less than three tefachim of airspace, does that validate anything? We'll say, listen to this interesting distinction. Amrli Rabbi Abba. Zeh mitztarev v'yeshenim tachtov. V'zeh mitztarev v'enyeshenim tachtov. Rabbi will say, we're going to see if we adapt this halacha lamais, but it's a fascinating distinction. Rabbi Abba says, you're right. At the end of the day, if you have less than three tefachim of, we'll call it something that is problematic schach. Now, also, you could have two, two cases of problematic schach. One case would be what? Nothing. Right? What I mean nothing? Airspace. Airspace is also problematic schach, right? But it's not really, it's the absence of schach. So whether you have less than three tefachim of airspace or less than three tefachim of schach, puzzle, is it going to have an impact on your sukkah? Going to have an impact on your sukkah, less than three tefachim? No, because remember, any time you have something less than three tefachim, we say lavud, lavud is as if, as if pretty much whatever is there does not exist. But listen to this fascinating sentence, Rabbi Abba will say, but there is a distinction. If you have schach pasal, zeh mitztarif, schach pasal is mitztarif, combines with schach kosher, to then allow for what? You could even sleep. You can to sleep under it. You could even eat your su'ud underneath that schach pasal. Masha'en ke'en avir, airspace, airspace, if you have less than three tfachim, does it invalidate the sukkah? Does it invalidate? No. But you cannot eat under it. You must say, hear this fast. Again, we'll see if we adapt this halach ala but do you see this fascinating distinction? Anything less than three tfachim, is it going to have a negative impact on your sukkah, on the sukkah in its totality? Does it have an impact? No, but there is an incredible nafkamina. If you have less than three tefachim of schach pasal, that will combine with your schach kosher, and you can literally eat underneath the schach pasal. Because the less than three tefachim of schach pasal becomes subsumed with the schach kosher. But if you have airspace, even though halachically it does not invalidate the sukkah, it's not really mitztarif with the schach kosher, and therefore, although it doesn't invalidate the sukkah, you cannot eat or sleep underneath that open area. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that absolutely incredible? So we'll say the Gemara. So first of all, you have to understand also there's an incredible Musar Haskell in that, right? See, so I will say Schach Puzzle, Schach Puzzle. Ah, let me say Avir is emptiness. Is emptiness. So in life, in life, the worst thing is inaction. The worst thing is emptiness. Is nothingness. Because nothingness combines with nothing, right? Inaction yields nothing. What is schach pasal? So perhaps schach pasal in life represents the things that we do that are less than optimal. I tried something, I endeavored, I pushed myself a little bit. I didn't really create schach kosher, I just created schach pasal. So where it's still schach pasal, at the end of the day, schach pasal is mitztarif with schach kosher. See, I will say, sometimes in life, we, we, we fall into this fallacy. You know, I hear this all the time. People say, I, I never do anything unless it's 100%. Right? So I, I don't say it, but I often think when people tell me that, wow, you must have a lot of free time on your hands. Right? Because if you do nothing unless you can do it 100%, that must mean you do very, very, very little in life. People like that have avir. They have a lot of airspace. You have some schach kasher over here, some schach kasher over here, something nice over an accomplishment over here, but most of your life is just going to be open space areas. So the yisod in life is, it's okay to produce schach puzzle. Not all the time, because if you only produce schach puzzle, right? If you only produce, you know, less than optimal results all of the time, 
you don't have a kasher sukkah. But if you spend your life trying to create schach kasher, and here and there, there's some schach possible, less than optimal results. Good news is, it's misdarif. It combines. It combines. Avir in action gets you nothing. Schach puzzle, the things I do in life which are okay but not great, I have to strive for great, but at least okay produces something. An incredible yisode. I don't understand. So you tell me schach puzzle is mitzdarif to schach kosher. But how could that be, right? In other words, generally, in order for something to be mitztarif, to combine with something, it itself has to be kosher. In. No, there are other examples of this. What's a good example of this? Amadeis in. The Gemara says, tit hanoruk yokiach. We'll say liquidy mud. Liquidy mud it could go, it proves this point. Shemitztarif la'arboim sa'a. We'll say, this is interesting, hilchos mikvos. Liquidy mud. We'll say, right, the minimum shear of a mikvah is 40 sa'a. Let's say you have 39 saw of water and one saw of liquidy mud. The liquidy mud could combine with the water. But yet if you immerse in 40 saw of liquidy mud, that is not a tevila. So there is a concept of both saying halacha of something combining with something else in order to create a requisite shear, even though the item by itself is not kosher. Which of us, again, the logic being is that if you have an entity that is kosher, but you just need something else to quote-unquote top it off or to finish it off, even something by, that by itself would not be valid could help be mitztarif. An incredible yisod. So again, I have 39 sa'a of water of a mikvah. One sa'a of liquidy mud could help me go ahead and finish it off. Because there is an element of water in that. There is an element of water in that. Even though, again, it by itself is not kosher for the mikvah. Same idea, if I have regular schach and less than three tfachim of schach pasal, because we'll remember again, schach pasal is still what? Schach, right? It's just not kosher. It's just not kosher. Fine. So what, once I have an overwhelming majority of schach kosher, schach pasal could be mitztarif. Now, I will say, again, when we say mitztarif, I want to be clear. You see, the cases are different. In the mikvah case, when we're being mitztarif, the liquidy mud, what is the liquidy mud doing? What is it doing? Right? It's being machshir, the mikvah. I don't have a mikvah without 40 saw. And I don't have 40 saw without what? Without what? Without the mud. And that's different than the sukkah case, right? The sukkah is kosher even without the schach puzzle. When we say it's mitzarif, what does mitzarif mean? That I could even what? I could even what? Sit underneath it. So, okay, good. Fascinating, Allah. Good. Let's say, Baita Mishnah. How old says sukkah? If you make your sukkah like a tzrif, so we'll say this is picture, this is picture 130. Um, no, well, it's, it's, it's kind of 130. Don't look at the bottom of 130. Don't look. Don't look at the bottom of 130. Just look at the top. Right, so we'll say you make your sukkah, tzrif is like a tent. It's like a tent. Now Rashi, Rashi has a more elaborate, uh, a more elaborate explanation here. He says, Kimin tzrif, Rashi says it's actually made not like a tent. According to Rashi, it's made like a beehive, a kovera. So it's made a little bit almost like a cylindrical type of shape, according to Rashi. It doesn't really matter. The bottom line is it doesn't have discernible walls and roof. In other words, the roof is the walls, the walls are the roof. That's what's happening over here. So, Osa Sukaso Kamin 
or you went ahead and you uh, you leaned your sukkah against the wall. Take a look at picture 131. Now I will say again, these pictures are reflecting insights that are going to be gleaned from the Gemara in just a moment. But again, understand we're making a tent sukkah, so your schach is your roof and your walls. You have no discernible roof wall distinction. Same thing, you're just taking a thing, a schach, leaning it against the wall of your house. What's the luck in these cases? Rabbi Eliezer says it's puzzle because there is no roof. A sukkah has to have a roof. A sukkah, or not just a roof, a sukkah has to have what? Walls and the roof. It has to be a discernible domicile structure. The Chum say no, totally kosher. Totally kosher. Tana, Moda Rabbi Eliezer, Shimhikbiya Minakarka Tefach, Oshif Liga Minakosal Tefach Shik Shera. Rabbi Eliezer will say that what? Now, now you could look at the bottom of picture 130 and the top of picture 131. Rabbi Eliezer will agree that if you built a sukkah like a tent, but you essentially lifted it off the ground, the tefach, thereby creating some semblance of an independent wall. Right? That will say, now of course, what's interesting about this is, what's the status of saying that's a tefach in halachon? Right? It's lovered. So it's interesting. But he's saying is the point over here is you're creating, you're creating a semblance, right, of it being lifted off the ground a little bit. Or the picture 131 was you're removing it off the wall at Tefach. It's going to be kosher. So we'll say, so again, then it's kosher. So what's the Rabbanan's logic? Why did the Rabbanan say that it's kosher? So the Gemara says, because the, they hold shipui o'alim ko'alim damu. Because they hold literally the slant of the roof is like, is, is like the ohel. They hold it's okay for the roof and the walls to be one entity, right? The roofs could double as the walls, the walls could double as the roof, and we're good to go. Abayi found Rav Yosef, and Rav Yosef was, was sleeping inside of a kilas chasanim. We learned about this before. The kilas chasanim is a canopy, a canopy bed. This was a two a two pole canopy bed. Right. So remember again, there's a pole at the head. There's a in the middle of the head, the pole in the middle of the feet, and then the canopy is draped over it. Right. So it's a tent. It's a tent. Amar kiman. He said, "Who are you? You're sleeping in this canopy inside of the sukkah. Who are, are you allowed to do this?" Amar lekiman. Rabbi Eliezer. I'm a holy Rabbi Eliezer. So are you going ahead and setting aside the position of the Rabbanon and holding like Rabbi Eliezer? In other words, you're setting aside the position of the Rabbim and holding like the Yachid. I have a Brisa that has the opposite version. Rabbi Eliezer, Machshir, in my version, Rabbi Eliezer says that it's kosher. The Chachamim say that it's possible. So I will say, so again, remember, the Chachamim who would say that a sukkah that's made like a tent is possible would hold that a tent is not a real structure, would therefore hold that what? You could sleep in a canopy bed inside of the sukkah because it's not considered to be a real roof structure. So are you setting aside the version of the Mishnah and accepting the version of the Braisa? Or as well, so we normally assume that a Mishnah is more authoritative than a Braisa. The Mishnah reflects a das yochid, a solitary opinion. If you make your sukkah like a tent, or you go ahead and you lean a wall of schach against the wall of your home, Rabbi Nassan Omer, Rabbi Eliezer Posel, Rabbi Nassan says 
that Rabbi Eliezer holds that as possible because there is no discernible roof wall distinction. Vecham say that is kasha. So both say so again in this version. In this version, Rabbi Nason is the one who's being quoted in the Mishnah. Therefore, the Mishnah is a das yachid. If the Mishnah is a singular opinion, then it becomes no more authoritative than the Brayso. We'll say Allah Maisa, Shochan Arach Paskins, that we 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 hold that this, both of these sukkos will be puzzle. Then Allah Maisa, if you make your sukkah like a tent, or you go ahead and take a sukkah and go ahead and lean a, right, lean a wall of schach against the wall, then Allah Maisa again it will be puzzle. However. We do adapt the distinction made in the Gemara. If you lift it off the ground by a tafach, or you remove it from the wall, a tafach, the creation of that tafach of space will be machshir the sukkah. That's the Allah Chalamaisa. Good, I will say Mishnah. I will say now we come to a very interesting sugya that is going to be part of our sugya schach mats, which is always a which is always a fascinating discussion when it comes to the whole sukkah. Here we go. Machatzeles kanim gidola. We'll say if you have a large Reed mat, a large mat made made of reeds. So what's talacha? So I'll say, can you use it for your schach? So the Gemara says it depends. Asol shriba. So I'll say, if the mat was made to lay down, right? People would make reed mats to lay down on. So if you made this mat to lay down on, then ultimately it's a kli. If it's a kli, then what? Then what? Mekabelas tuma vein mesachachin ba. So we'll say, so again, that, that's, that's, we know that. And remember again, in order to be used for schach, we learn this out from the anonym, in order to be used for schach, ultimately again, it, you cannot use an item that is makabal tuma. So if you have a reed mat, and the reed mat was made for the purpose of laying down on it, it's a kli, it's makabal tuma, and you cannot use it for schach. What if you made a large reed mat, and you made it as a schach mat? That's why you made it as a schach mat. Then obviously, if you fashion it as a schachmat, again, it's not a kli. If it's not a kli, it's not makabotum, and therefore you could use it for schach. Rabbi Eliezer Omer, Achos Kitanova Achos Kidolo. Rabbi Eliezer says, whether it's a large mat or whether it's a small mat, in other words, Rabbi Eliezer says, I don't care if it's big or small. What do I care about? Asol Shriva, Mikabelas Tuma. If you made it to sleep on it, it's a kli. It's makalot tuma be'misachachin ba. You can't use it for schach. Lesichoch, but again, if halach lemaisa, you made it for schach use, misachachin ba, then you can use it for schach. Ve'ena mekabelas tuma, and it's not makalot tuma. So both say an interesting discussion here. See what seems to be happening over here is as follows. In the first part of the Mishnah, the Tanakama seems to be making a distinction between a large mat and a small mat. Large mat, made for sleeping purposes. Mekabal tzoma, can't be used for schach. Small mat, made for schach purposes. Not mekabal tzoma, ultimately can be used for schach. Rabbi Eliezer says, I don't care large mat, small mat. There's no distinction large, small. The only distinction is what? Is what? What was it made for? What was it made for? If it's made for sleeping, it's mekabal tzoma, can't be used for schach. If it's made ultimately again, for schach, then large, small, doesn't make a difference. You can use it for schach. So we'll say, let's analyze. Says the Gemara a few minutes. We have an inherent problem. What's the problem? Amrit, you said, So first part of the Mishnah, you said that what? If you made the mat to sleep on, it's a clean, it's makabal tumah. And therefore, again, you can't use it for schach. Taima, I will say, what's the problem with this mat? 
The problem is I made it ultimately again to sleep on. Right? Therefore, again, I'm sorry. Oh, we'll say, now listen to this. What the Imam is going to point out over here is you could draw contradictory inferences from the Mishnah. Right? The Mishnah says that what? If I have a mat and I made it for sleeping purposes, it's mekabal tumah and therefore can't be used for schach. Why is the mat problematic? Because it was made for sleeping purposes. Now we'll say, what can I infer from that? What can I infer from that? What if, the, what if I had no intention when making the mat? No intention. Stamo. Stam. Stam, I made the mat. So we'll say, what should be the halacha? What should be the status of the mat? What should be the status? Kasha. Lord is making an inference. The first part of the Mishnah tells you, if I make it l'shchiva, I'm making it for sleeping purposes, that when it's, that's when it's going to be problematic. Hastama, if I make it, but without any intentions, no, no, no particular das, no particular das, it should be kosher. For Hadertani, then later in the Mishnah, what does it say? Then it said, if you make the mat for the purpose of schach, it's not mekabal tumah, and you can use it. Now, what can I infer from that? Taima dasal sichoch. Now, what I can infer? Why is it not mekabal tumah? Why? Because I made it for what purpose? For schach purposes. That's why it's not a problem. Hastama l'shriva. But I will say, again, at the end of the day, if I just made it stam, then ultimately, again, I would assume that it's what? For sleeping purposes, which ultimately, again, it is mekabal tumah. So I will say, see, interesting enough, you hear what's happening over here? The Gemara is just trying to figure out really about the case of stam. You see, I will say, in general, when you have explicit das, okay, then we know. You made the mat for shchiva purposes, for sleeping purposes. Clear mekabal tumah, can't use it for schach. You made the schach ultimately, again, for schach purposes. Clear that you can go ahead and utilize it for schach. The shayla in life always comes up with when you have what we'll call das ambiguity. What? I don't have das. I don't have das. Right? The worst things in life happen when you don't have das. So I don't have das. I just stam. I made a schach mat. I didn't have any explicit das. What I'm going to use it for? So can it be used for schach or not? To which the Gemara says, to which the Gemara says, Lokashio, kan bigdolo, kan bigtano. So we'll say the first answer the Gemara wants to give is it's not a problem. One is talking about a large mat. One is talking about a small mat. The de facto assumption is that a small mat is made for sleeping purposes, a large mat is made for schach purposes. That's the, that's the assumption that the Gemara wants to make over here. So we'll say, so if you look at Rashi, Rashi says, oh, right, small mat versus large mat. So we'll say, the, to which the Gemara says, That's fine according to the Rabbanon. Ultimately, again, who go ahead and make the distinction ultimately between a large mat and a small mat. But what about the Quran Rabbi Eliezer in the Mishnah who did not make this distinction? We'll say, we'll stop over here. We'll continue Mirat Hashem with this discussion in Mirat Hashem tomorrow. Shkaiach Hosei. Be both. Yeah, choose a side. Choose a side. How are you? How was your camping trip? Oh, I never thought about this.